Okay, so uh, we're learning uh, the past uh, last quarter and this quarter. So our, really, our, our efforts are how to become a better Bible studier. Because how is it are we going to learn what God is trying to teach us if we don't study the Word? And I know a lot of you have been, have been Bible students for a very long time. And it might be easy just to say, well, I already know how to do this. But I think it's always important for us to learn how to, uh, how to improve that. So our class, we, we've actually been doing homework. I don't know if you guys have been doing similar homework. So we're doing a session on, uh, on studying Bible themes. And uh, I actually assigned a couple of, uh, the homework assignment that I gave was like, let's go home and come up with your own theme and, and study using, um, using this method. It's a very good method. Put some structure to it and let you really kind of get through things. So, uh, anybody else have any any thinking on some theme studies that you've done or uh, uh, any aha moments that you had? Anybody do a, a theme study this week? Tell me. Go ahead. You have to speak up because. Uh, Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Very good. Anybody else have something can share? Roy? You did. Yeah. The good news is you you have more time. You have more time. I won't give you any assignments for for this week. So, well, um, this week Andy's kind of done some of the work for us and looked at some of the seven times Jesus said "I am." Well, actually, seven of the times Jesus said "I am" in uh, the Book of John. So let's spend a little time kind of looking at that. So that was, I, I am is a very powerful statement. A very powerful statement. Can you think of any time in the past when I am was used? At the burning bush. That's, that's pretty powerful. I kind of get chills when I think about that. You know, tell us about that. Tell us about the, what, what the event was, what was going on. Give us a little background on that. Yeah. 
That's right. Moses didn't want to do it. He didn't feel confident to be able to stand before the Israelites. I kind of understand what he's saying. To stand before the the Egyptians and tell them, you you need to, God, this guy, I saw this burning bush, and you need to let my people go, right? And he was not very confident with his own speaking ability, with his own, uh, uh, you know, having fled Egypt. He knew he was a wanted man there. And uh, God told him, said, I am. You tell them, I am sent you. You look at some other verses, versions out there. There's some, they, they use some, some interesting uh, descriptions of that. I, instead of I am, they said the being. How about that? You tell them the being sent you. And, and you know, I am, that's a be verb, right? I am, it's a continuous thing. So a very, very powerful statement. So, uh, so let's look at these seven, the, some of these seven times that uh, Andy has highlighted. So the first one's in 635, John 6, sorry, John 635. I'm the bread of life. He, he who comes to me will never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. So some background there. Jesus had just, just fed the 5,000. And a lot of people were looking for a free meal. Food was a lot more challenging to people at this time. There was not a Piggly Wiggly to go to. So they were there out away from all the any infrastructure, and there was no infrastructure, and he fed them with the, the five loaves and the two fishes. All right, so they were they continued to follow him at that point. He goes across the lake and he tells him this, and they give him he gives them this statement: so, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. So these people knew hunger. And they, these people knew thirst. They were in the desert out there. So it's a different kind of message that he was giving them. What could, how, how would they have taken that message? Not hunger and thirst there. How were they likely to have perceived that? Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good thing. If they could be in a situation where they... They never, they were never hungry again, and they wouldn't have uh, have that. Um. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it took it took them a very long time to get it, and I I, I think most really never never did really get it. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Right. Right. And then they com- and then they complained about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, and I think you know, these people all knew all knew that history, all knew that all that story, and yeah, they very well could have have anticipated that. Something that um, you know, when when the disciples are arranging feeding five thousand people is a challenge. Okay, it's a difficult thing. There's a lot of logistics to deal with on there, and the way the disciples organized them was very interesting. Put them in groups. 
you know, little subgroups. And that's exactly how you would provision an army. You would, put, you would arrange them in groups and you just, you just dispense food. So can you imagine what's going through their head? God's going to feed us. Here we're arranging ourselves as an army. There's a reason that they only talk about how many men were in this group. 5,000 men? That's a 5,000 man army. That's, that was in their head right here. It's time for us to take over again. It's time for us to take power again. So they've taken care of one big problem right there. You know, armies march on their stomachs. You've heard that statement before. So we've got a plentiful source of food. We're going to take over. It's time for us to rise up. Anyway, they were getting they were getting excited about it. And then Jesus left, left. But. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Who's going to sit at the right hand? That, that's right. There's a big argument they had. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're exactly right. And and even uh, Peter, when he pulls the sword to chop off a head, yeah, he was ready. To, it was ready for the fight. Now, finally, it's here. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Any smart people got any ideas on that? Why did you tell them to get a sword if uh, if you didn't want them to use them? I don't know. I'm going to write that one down. I'll have to ask when I see him. Yeah. 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 The Lord's will is always been not to retaliate. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been a uh, a show of force as well. You know, let's let's defer this. There's the right time for it. I don't know. Very good. Very good. All right. Let's look at let's look at the next one that that he ha that he has. Here's John eight verse twelve. Another I am statement. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So, for background, they just had the 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 woman caught in adultery. That had just happened. And uh, so they just had, had witnessed that and had witnessed all of the people who were going to uh, stone this woman and how they left according to their age. So the, the wiser they were, they realized that they weren't without sin and all left there. So Jesus is, is calling himself the light. How do you think they thought of that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, share. Yeah. 
Ja. Ja. So, so Jesus is really offering them a choice between darkness, the darkness of sin and light, and the glistening light. Yeah, very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. All right, the next, uh, the, the next one is John 10, verse 7. I am the door. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door. I'm the sheep door. I'm the door of the sheep. That sounds funny to me. Um, so these people clearly knew about being shepherds, and they, they clearly understood that, that interaction and the responsibility of a shepherd to take care of his flock. And the, the responsibility even to take care of even one of his flock. So, uh, any, can anybody tell us about a sheep door and what that what that means? There's some there, there's been some other discussion about that. You guys know anything about sheep doors? Yeah. Yep. He puts his life really in between them, right? So, d- during the day, the shepherd would lead them out. And they would go to green pastures, right? And he would feed them during the day. And at night, he would herd them all back into this sheep pen. And that's right. He would, he would actually block anything that came in had to go through him. Yeah. That's... Right, huh? Yeah. Had some sheep herding in your history? (laughs) One thing I've heard that uh, another difference between sheep and goats, sheep you lead... And they hear your voice, and they will follow you. Goats, you drive. So, I don't know if that's true or not. I've never herded goats or sheep, but uh, okay, very good. That's a that, that's a good one there. So, uh, John ten and verse eleven is our next one. So, just a little bit after that, I'll talk about shepherd. A lot of overlap here. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. So this is John ten. They still don't understand, do they? That that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. that knew all the history. Yeah. I, I, I always go back to that, you know, again, they're, they're anticipating this military leader here. You know, John was written a good deal after all the rest of the, the Gospels. And uh, 
you know, he covers things that are that that are different. Uh, fortunately, so yeah, you know, um, we don't we'll talk about this one in here, but the you know militarily, if you if you've got your food covered, if you've got the, the ability to control light and darkness, if you've got the ability to cross terrain, because later on he's walking on water, he's pretty well got it covered, right? Oh, how about this? You don't get sick, and if you die, I'll just raise you again. So yeah, there was there was a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, excitement about Jesus as a leader back then, and how uh, how big of a change was it when they thought he was actually dead? Okay, John eleven. We'll look at that one real quick. Uh, Jesus said to to her, "I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live." That's Kind of what I was talking about there. Any thoughts on that one? So who's he talking to there? Who's the her? That's that's Mary and Martha there. Yeah, what had just happened? Yeah, that's it. Go ahead. Let's say it. What had just happened? Lazarus died. And Lazarus was not was was not just a random person. Lazarus was a close friend, a very close friend. And uh, wow, how, how how powerful must that have been? You know, that was one of the first scriptures I ever memorized. Right, Jesus wept. You know. <laughs> Yeah. But she was still anticipating uh, the the future resurrection, right? She wasn't. She didn't realize that he was about to get her out, get him out of there. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of those goosebump ones as well. Yeah. So they were they were there. They were expecting a future resurrection. We know that. We know that because what did, what did she tell them when they uh, when he said we're going to go to the to the grave three days later? It's going to smell. Let's don't do that. Let's don't do that. Now that how how more down to earth? How more physical could they have been thinking? I mean, that's that's incredibly practical. But totally, totally wrong, and they totally missed it. So yeah, no, very, very, uh, very good comments. Thank you very much for that. 
uh, all right, let's look again at, uh, at, at his next one because I want to get to the eighth one before we, uh, before we get out of here tonight, this morning, I mean. Uh, John 14 and verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I don't understand why so many people have a hard time with this one scripture. You know, they want to kind of find up their own way to Christ, but they, they, they just, I mean, this is, this, this one seems so clear to me that, that it shouldn't be, shouldn't be confusing at all. So, uh, so Thomas, this is a, Thomas and the rest of the disciples really couldn't comprehend that, that he was leaving them. You know, they'd, They'd seen all these things. They were they were all re- they were all ready to go to battle. They were all fighting over who's going to be on the on on the right hand side. And how many times did he warn them that this was going to happen? And they still didn't get it. They just couldn't accept it. So, uh, and as they, as they were struggling with the, with this, Jesus helped them see really to the see see who the Father is. And to understand that they were that they were there. So Jesus says the the way, the truth, only source of salvation. There is not another one. Any other thoughts? Any other uh, additional thoughts on that? Because if we finish early, we'll all uh, we'll all dismiss and go down the halls and disturb the threes and fours class. <laughs> no, go ahead. All right, let's look at the at the seventh one on this list. So, so John 15 and verse 1, very short one. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. I guess a little bit, a little bit later in 15:5. I'm the I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Right. And of course, he had proof, he had the signs, he had the wonders, he had yeah. fulfillment of prophecy, but yet still he was rejected by the Yeah. Yeah. Why was it so hard? I, I mean, I guess it's I, I guess it's just human nature. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's it, it's a real struggle for me to 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 sit here and. 2018 and 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 question how they couldn't see it, but none of them could see it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if your culture for a thousand years is looking for this political and military leader, that to to have that change right in front of you when you thought it was so close, 
you know, must have really, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Right. People that knew his family, knew his brothers, knew, yeah, that was, that was a real challenge for them, sure, sure, so, yes, sir. They still don't get it, yeah. You think that's the moment? I, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's the Holy Spirit. You think that's? Uh, I, I don't know this. I'm just asking. But it's it's the Holy Spirit, really, that's that kind of makes that tran helps them make that transition from the from the physical to the eternal. Well, certainly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometime after that, right? Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's very good. Very good. Any other thoughts on that? I want to spend a little time talking about Johnny. Yes, yes, Lonnie. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Have a lot of them given up even though? I mean, I think a lot of them are just, this is just our culture and, and, and move forward. You know, I don't even know if they really are even thinking that way, you know, at least the largest, largest portion of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that there's going to be a, a, a champion for them from now, though. Yeah, no, it's very sad, too. It's, yes, sir.
Oh yeah. Yeah. Their position as the chosen, the, yeah. It sounds like you're talking about being American right now. <laughs> like being an American right now. Uh, yeah, this is this is what we know, and there's this American exceptionalism and all that, and it's it's easy for us to think, well, well, God really came to save us, and you know, we're the new chosen people and all that. But yeah, it's there's seven billion people out there. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, so maybe I am being too critical of that. So, well, let's, uh, I want to spend just a few minutes that we have left in class talking a little bit about John 8. John 8 is the next I am statement, the one that's not on the list, but to me is the, the most powerful one on there. So if you if you just look at the at the headers on your on your Bible on that, there's a big discussion, a big argument going on between uh, Jesus and the Pharisees there, right? And what are they arguing about? What's happening there? Can you can I kind of scan that a little bit and get some 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 background there, some thinking there? I'm sorry, John, John chapter 8. No, that's, uh, you, that's, that's, early, that's earlier in John. So what I was specifically referring to was basically Jesus testifying for himself. Yeah, so he's, he's telling him, yeah, I'm the one who testifies for myself, my other witnesses, the Father who sent me. That's that's pretty insightful language. And I don't mean insightful as cognitive, but insightful as in, this can incite a, a, a real fight right here, right? So some things are really about to happen. And who, and who's, uh, who, who are these red letters being spoken to? Who are these people that he's speaking with? The Pharisees. So it's like Kerry was saying, that you know these are the people who have... They were the upper echelon of the Greek of the of the Jews. 
So they felt like they had the most to lose if this guy's going to come in and be the Messiah. And they didn't care if he was going to be a political Messiah or a spiritual Messiah. They didn't want him there. Right? Things were about to get, get about to get heated, right? So, uh, so they challenged basically whether he even had the authority to speak for himself. He said, no one's speaking for you. You're speaking for yourself. So really, what credibility do you have there? So that was kind of the, the argument that's, 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 going, that's going back and forth there. And it goes on for a little while. They start talking about Abraham. Hey, we're from Abraham. So we're important people. God, God came for us, and that's why he gave us Abraham. We are Abraham's children. Abraham is verse 39. Abraham is our father. Okay? And Jesus goes back to him on that. This is in John 8, verse 39. Abraham is our father, they answered. He said, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me. Yeah. And how they respond to that? In verse 41. We are not the illegitimate children. The only father we have is God himself. Okay, so they're, they're, trying, to, they're, they're trying to claim God here. They're trying to, 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 to claim some ownership there. I want to get to this. Uh, and then verse 54. Jesus replied, I glorify myself. My glory means nothing. My father whom you claim is your God is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did, did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my, seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And they replied, you are not yet 50 years old, and you say you've seen Abraham? Again, they, they, they didn't get it. And here's where Jesus really gives them the hammer. Very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. He, he used those words. He used those words that they knew back from the burning bush. Who led the Israelites out of Egypt. Don't say Moses. I am did it. I am did it. The being did it. So here Jesus is claiming to be the I am. I heard, uh, I, I read once that uh, Jesus is the only interface that we have to God. And it was true all the way back then. It was Jesus who was speaking to Moses, according to Jesus. It was Jesus was the interface to lead them out of Egypt. So that was the, uh, that was the connection point. And he's saying, that was me back then. And that was, a, uh, that was an eye-opener. What, what were they ready to do right after that? That's it. That's it. Get our rocks. We're going to stone him right here. So he really, he really put out a message then. That's, a, that's one of those chill bump kind of messages, thinking about that. Any thoughts on that?
Yeah. Yes, sir. Action, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I saw somebody, George. class in their mind, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Yes, sir. You can hear it, but you don't understand. Uh, it's very, uh, very. <laughs> it, that was not not a way to win friends and influence people there, right? So, <laughs> John.
Okay. Well, I think we are just about at our at our time. Any final thoughts others have on on I am statements? That do we miss an I am that we uh, we should have covered? We Revelation one. Oh yes, I did. I actually had that one on here. Revelation, yep, one eight. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the I am the one who who is and was and is coming. I am the Almighty. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. That's a great one. Okay, well, I appreciate your your input, your comments, your your feedback on that. There, there are hundreds of I am statements, I'm sure, out there. I'd looked at, I pulled up a whole bunch from the Old Testament. If uh, you're looking for a, a, your own theme study, go into uh, like a blue letter Bible and you put in quotes I am, and it'll give you about 400 of them. Some of them have nothing to do with the formal I am in here. But uh, there are some very, very interesting ones in the Old Testament that would be worth some, uh, some time studying. I'll give you a free one right here. So in Genesis seventeen eleven, it says, "I am El Shaddai." You know, they, the, the Jews would not even speak the name Yahweh out loud. They would not, they would not say the name. So they had, they, they came up with other nicknames and things like that. But the reverence that they had for, for the name. Of, of Yahweh. So, all right, very good. Thank you very much for your time. Looks like uh, they're waiting to open the doors and turn us loose. So,